Welcome to Clap with Jane with Jane Clap. I know some of the most interesting and inspiring humans that are helping to keep humanity afloat in their own unique ways, even in the middle of a crisis. I want you to meet them too. Hi, everybody. This is Clap with Jane. And guess what? I'm Jane. I have, <laughs> I have my colleague and friend on the line who's amazing up in the mountains somewhere in the United States of America. Her name is Worthy Stokes, if you don't already know who she is. She's the founder of Heart Mind Meditations and author of the Daily Meditation Book of Healing. She is a polytrauma survivor who lives with life-altering sensory loss since overcoming a complicated traumatic brain injury overseas at the age of 34. Her vivid near-death experience, a decade of advanced meditation training that began in 2008 with her introduction to, can you say that for me? Zochen. Thank you. And her battle to retrieve her very own mind inspired her career of teaching and coaching at the nexus of non-dual wisdom, emergent neuroscience, and healing. Worthy is endorsed by world-renowned medical doctors teaching at Columbia University, University of Pennsylvania, and beyond. She is known as a healer for the healers among award-winning CEOs, trauma survivors, psychologists, and somatic experts who appreciate her groundbreaking interdisciplinary perspective of healing. Worthy has spent countless hours with her neurologists reviewing maps of her brain she has followed clinical research since meeting the late Dr. Candace Pert in 2007, and she directly apprehends the mystical complexity of transformation. She shares her free time with her husband, who is an adult literacy expert. He helps her read and write. Worthy holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in journalism, and she is currently writing her second book. And guess what, folks? Worthy is her real name, her given birth name. Hi, Worthy. Hi. How are you? Where are you in the United States of America? So I'm normally in New York City, and at uh -huh. this particular moment, I'm in northwestern Montana, where I'm originally from, and mm. that's really nice. I'd come out, actually, uh, my husband and I had come out to work on my book, and a lot of stuff changed, obviously, and so we're out in Montana at the moment. The and now I'm working on my second book. So, you know, we're just like everyone else. We're figuring it out one day at a time. We don't really have a plan. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is. Are you sort of glad not to be in New York right now? I'm guessing in some ways. Yeah. You know, it's mixed. It's hard. We have a lot of really close friends in New York city. We've lost someone really close to us. Um, and it's really interesting you know it's just an interesting time for everyone so on the one hand it's nice to be in a beautiful space that's that's where I'm from originally and familiar and and rugged and wild and and that always brings me a huge amount of joy but it's also sad because I feel like I can't support people or you know be connected and present in a more intimate way um, but, you know, I send, I'm so comfortable with death, right? So I tend to send off missives, like, don't die. But if you do die, I just want you to know how much I care about you. And here are all of the wonderful things that you did 
mm-hmm. during your life here. So I send kind of informal obituaries, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I I actually think that's, I think there's something to be said for taking this time to face that reality. I had a guest named Robin Pacific who talked a lot about death. Um, she's a spiritual director and um, yeah. And you faced death. You had a near death experience and it was a huge opening into a completely different life. Um, do you, do you want to talk, do you want to share a bit about that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's so interesting because I love, uh, it's, it's amazing how, and this is what all of the great teachers have always said, right? You know, when we really meet death with open eyes and with real presence, the direct effect of that is becoming present with the life. And that's so, that's been such an incredible truth for me. Um, the near-death experience for me really was a call back into being awake, a different kind of wakefulness because I actually don't know. I don't feel like I know anymore if I'm alive or dead. <laughs> and I feel like I live in, in both places and I am very comfortable, so comfortable that I think every other day, you know, I, I, I look at my husband and I say, we have a, we have an agreement actually. <laughs> I say, don't die. Please don't die. I'm having so much fun with you. Oh, please don't die. I'm having so much fun with you. Aww. Yes. Yes. Please stay. Please stay for as long as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I have enough days with you. Even if I had all the days that we both have, they're not enough. So that's really special. And we also have this funny little agreement. Um, I keep saying that I'm going to have a contract that I want him to sign that if he passes away, if he dies before I do, that he won't haunt me unnecessarily <laughs> from the other side. And he will use all mystical powers available to him in his non physical form to help me keep it together. <laughs> oh. And then he'll find me. Person, and then he'll find me a new person like ASAP because I would be so lost without him. So we have like a, an agreement, <laughs> and um, death is very much alive in our relationship. So I think that's it's it it's it's made me a better person. Strangely, I feel like it it um it makes us hungry, like really hungry for life, right? like hungry for life, hungry for fully living when we know it can be snatched away. It's like this, grab it. And when you're talking about that, please don't die. I'm having so much fun with you. Um, I felt my heart just like, like it almost took my, my breath away. The, the understanding in my body of that kind of love is incredibly powerful. And it reminds me of, I, I found a quote the other day through a dear client of mine. Um, and I think this is what, what you've been through can do for people. Not allowing your heart to be broken is the broken heart. And I think 
when we realize we can lose everything at any point, including our lives, it, make, it can make us freeze up and tighten up because there's people who have near-death experiences who don't come into fully wanting to live and being hungry for life, right? And then there's people in your situation who come into that hunger for life and aliveness and connection. So this reminds me of that feeling of like, we, it's just going for it, right? Like it, I see that in you. You're like, you're going for it. You're like, I'm worthy. And this is who I am. Yeah, I mean, really my... <laughs> And that's all really beautiful. And I've just been laughing so much because, um, yeah, you know, I sort of have my big North Star kind of ticker tape phrase is, I came back from the dead for this. I better make it count. I mean, <laughs> fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. Yes. Like, oh my I'm God. owning it. I mean, I'm like in it. I'm in it to win it. I am all in for this life thing. I mean, I'm not pushing anything away. I'm like, okay, you, my heart is shattering right now. Oh God. Okay. I'm just glad that I have a heart to shatter. Like, oh, you know, like I'm just, I'm just glad to have like blood pumping through my veins, you know, and it's only been within the, the last year that when I first met Leo, I think Leo has been a huge part of this, you know, because somehow I found the love of my life. The love of my life found me in this broken space. And um, it was, it's just been, it hasn't been perfect. And we have a lot of stuff that we've always got to work through. But for the first few years that we were together, we've been together five years this, this spring, I actually couldn't even go to sleep. I would just lay next to him and stare at him because mm. I was so excited to find like, I found you. I found you. And 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 also it was the amnesia, right? Because I was so afraid of forgetting his face. And um so I would hold and I still do this, you know, I just hold his face in my hands and just stare at it and try to burn the feeling of his face into my hands in case I lose my eyesight or I try to remember the sound of his voice in case I lose my hearing or I'm so aware that at any moment we can lose each other and I run around this world trying to just remember you so so well and so perfectly in case you leave or in case my mind stops working and it made me a little crazy for a while, but, Ugh. but mostly it's beautiful. <laughs> Don't make me cry. I haven't cried on my podcast yet. Oh, worthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's how I live. It's how I love. I love as if I'll lose you any minute. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Same goes for our kids, same goes for I have my dog, Juno, and my side hair and my left-hand side, you can't see her. Same. It's just that it's not even like an urgency. It's just, I don't know how to describe it, but when you let it go in your body, it just goes exactly where it needs to go, right? Like it's, yeah. 
it it finds the places it's primal yeah yeah as i wipe my tears away right now worthy (laughs) you too i know Uh, i mean i cry all the time you know you, you can ask my husband i mean every other night just last night you know he's trying to go to sleep and i'm like I really love you. And he's like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know you do. Beautiful. (laughs) He always called me beautiful. You know, (laughs) he's so, he's such a good champ. (laughs) Right. He, he can just like, just hold you fully, the wholeness of you fully. Yeah. He really can. It's really remarkable. And that's why I'm even more appreciative all of the time because we go, it's hard to love that way. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It can be very painful to love that way if we don't have people in our lives who are willing to stay, who are willing to receive that kind of love or try try to love back. You know, we just, so many of us are closed off um for lots of very good reasons hi everyone i'm so excited to announce that my weekly covid co-regulation support sessions are being moved to crowdcast starting june 10th these conscious body sessions are for vip patrons through patreon at 20 dollars a month with 20 percent of the proceeds going to doctors without borders i present spiritual and depth psychology-based reflections from my own journey with embodied tools intended to help you access your innate resilience and the strength of your human heart. I bring in inspiration via the beauty in music, poetry, film, and writing that I so consciously engage with through my body. Whatever is moving me each week becomes a foundational element of my share. And now back to the show. There was an earthquake here mm-hmm. and I was in the house by myself. <laughs> and oh my God. <laughs> that everything started shaking. Uh, first of all, um, so Leo and I have, you know, we have actually like, we have a death plan. We have a go bag. We have things like arranged next to the door in case someone dies or in case something happens. Like we can just run. <laughs> Wow. We're so weird. But anyway, I was like, okay, where's the go bag? And uh-huh. what did I learn when I was in elementary school about an earthquake? And then I clung to the door, the door frame, right? Oh, and yeah. It only oh, yeah. lasted a couple of minutes, right? So I'm like clinging to the door frame, and there was all this snow outside. Mm-hmm. So it was cold, right? It was like 10 degrees outside or something. And I wasn't wearing socks or shoes. And so then I was like, well, I shouldn't stay in the house because the house could kill me. So I I should run outside. And then I looked at my feet, but I thought, what if I don't have time to put on my shoes? So I'm either going to freeze to death outside Uh or I'm going to die under a broken roof inside. And I didn't like that decision because I felt like it was a choose your own death adventure, like either. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so finally, I just said, death, you can't get to me today. Not today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And then so you're stopped. (laughs) Uh Oh, my God. 
But here I am in the middle of this house, in the middle of nowhere, you know, with no socks on, screaming at like the air, being like, death, not today. Mm -hmm. I have work to do. <laughs> right. You have a reason to be here. Yeah. Don't okay. come for me now. So it brings me to that feeling of like you've described when you, were you on a bike? You were in, where, what city Seoul. were you in? I was in Seoul, Seoul. South Korea and I was out for a, a, a run. I was out, I was doing a morning run. Yeah. Okay. And you're out for a run. Are you okay talking about it? I don't want to like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're out for a run and boom. Boom. I mean, I got hit by a van. Just, you just stepped out into the street and you got hit by a van. Bam. Yeah. Once, one second, you're out for a jog. The next second, you're on the street. In space with no body. And I'm just like, wow, check it out. So you, you left your body. Yeah. You, yeah. So I yeah. started hemorrhage. So you broken skull, you know, internal hemorrhaging, um, lots of pretty serious injuries. The driver stopped immediately and picked me up. I love this guy. You know, he almost killed me and then he saved my life. So that's a good, that's a good move, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God you're here. Yeah, I mean, he could have driven away. Um, and he didn't. And so he picked up my body and he put it in his van and he drove to the hospital um, immediately. And um, I have no memory of any of that. The, the really funny part, it's not funny. It's only funny now because it's more than six years past that. And I, and I, I think two years ago, I really got over the point, the highest point of the worst grief. And then after that, it's been integration, 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 which is such a great feeling when I write or when I look back at what I've, the projects I've worked on or the things that I've worked on, I can't believe I've even done any of that with everything that I've carried internally in my body and in my emotions. And, but I was listening to you too. Say I was listening, the song playing in my ears was it's a beautiful day. And that's mm -hmm. the last thing that I remember was I was looking at the sky mm -hmm. and I was listening to Bono. And I always like to say on podcasts, Bono, if you're out there, I'd love to have coffee with you. <laughs> If anyone knows Bono, please call me. <laughs> he might have saved my life. I don't know. Who knows? Right? Wow. It's a beautiful. That's it, right? So, yeah. so it's it's like in a heartbeat. It everything can change in your life, and so when you have those moments, okay, earthquake, you know, in a heartbeat, everything can change, and it's like it yeah. must put a lot of pressure on you to make really conscious choices about how you navigate uh, threat and stress and overwhelm and all those things because you've you've been there yeah it's like yeah. it's like that sort of the for me it's like you you can live in awareness of the fragility of life and it can also put you in a state of a bit of anxiety or I don't know if anxiety is the right word but I don't know how would how would you describe that for you yeah thank you that's a great question I'm still 
really aware that my body is, you know, I still, I have, I think just the other day I was sitting and I sometimes have to tell myself, you know, and I've, I, I have to tell myself, you're alive. We're alive. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm alive. And, um, that doesn't happen as often as it used to. I think the way it affects me more now is in the projects I choose and in the relationships I choose because I want to have as much joy as I possibly can cram into this one life. And I want to be able to learn as much as I can. So the stress for me is, um, it's very interesting because this, the, it's like death is right here next to me all the time saying mm -hmm. I'm right here. And I've, I've had to make it my ally. Mm -hmm. um, I've had to make it my ally and practice presence with, with that. And, and again, you know, uh, you know, I have an incredible partner. I have an incredible husband who is happy to practice learning with me and reminds me of, you know, when it's okay, you know, I don't have to be terrified. I don't have to be scared, but I do have a very exaggerated sense of danger, um, which has less to do with the accident, I think, and more to do with the fact that I was in Seoul for two and a half years after the accident, I couldn't travel. I was not permitted to fly mm. um, that for that first year. It was a minimum of, of one year. They didn't want me to fly because they were worried that my, something would happen to my brain with the air pressure. And that was the same year that, in that same year, MERS, MERS, I'm, I'm not sure even how you say it, but there was a respiratory epidemic in South Korea. So I was, I couldn't leave South Korea. I had brain trauma and there was a respiratory epidemic happening. So the, the sustained terror that I experienced was really impactful. And so I've had to do a lot of, um, a lot of work around that somatic work. And at the same time, I've also become very aware of the abilities and the gifts that my body attained in that horrifying sustain, sustained trauma space, right? Because it was just sustained. I had doctors who don't speak fluent English. I had nurses I couldn't speak with. I couldn't walk. And so I could communicate with my nurses with my eyes. And I, there was a woman who bathed me. You know, I was, I was bathed by a woman I couldn't speak to, an elderly Korean woman. And that really, that was the, I think, the most extraordinary spiritual experience of my life, aside from my near-death experience, was being totally naked and having very little access. My 
brain with the amnesia and the stuff coming and going and, and so much happening in my brain and to be totally naked in this country where this woman I couldn't speak with, we couldn't speak to each other and she would bathe me. And um, that somehow, fortunately, miraculously, turned into this confidence in life where I can be totally naked with a stranger bathing, you know, being bathed like I'm a baby, not able to speak, not able to remember, and I'm okay. I'm safe. So I have these reference points that are just beyond the beyond in terms of my capacity to access safety in, in a second, because I just remember that. And I sort of had this choice to make and every day became a meditation. Every moment it was, okay, I'm going to look at how safe I am. I'm going to look at what is happening correctly. I'm going to look at what part of my body is strong. And it was the only way that I survived because if I took a second and looked at everything that was bad and wrong, the danger, what could be, what might be, I would just start to lose it. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to keep this focus on I'm naked. This woman isn't trying to kill me. That's good. She's washing me, <laughs> right? <laughs> She's like mad at me because my hair is dirty. You know, so she would give me these expressions, right? She got really mad at me when I didn't want to go and do all the work to get into the shower. And, and I think she, something, there was some kind of translation. Sometimes I could get a, a, an interpreter and um, she told me, you know, being sick is not an excuse to not moisturize your face. <laughs> <laughs> So to this day, which was such a fabulous teaching, because to this day, I still feel like no matter what tragedy is happening, no matter what is going on, I always get dressed. I always try to dress up um, for my experience with people, for my interaction. I always try to be groomed because I may not know if someone's going to have to cut off my clothes um, and, and see my personal space. So it's very, very, it's intimate. It's very intimate. Um, so in the midst of terror and confusion and chaos, I also have these very clear benchmarks of safety and precious, precious human contact in this life. And um, I think that sustained me. That has so that's what your your book is really about, right? It's the daily book of meditations because yes. you you had to do that for yourself. And yeah. so so you're like, here you go. I learned it in a hospital bed, um, isolated, afraid, unable to go home. And so you needed to find this like inner world's inner strength to be able to survive that and those daily meditations that you had to find for your own survival sanity is what you're really sharing in that book. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Yes. And um, 
I think what I learned in that, which was so phenomenal for me and still continues to be magical is um, there's a lot of communication and a lot of dialogue and a lot of spiritual circles and, and, and conversations about mindfulness and meditation about um, what happens, this mythology, right? Of what happens to the body or the soul when there's trauma. I have believed ever since this experience, I have believed with all my being, because I lived this and this happened to me and I have no other, and I have evidence for it in my own life, is I really believe that whenever, first of all, I believe that the soul never leaves. That's, that was something that really happened is, is when my near-death experience happened, I was so clearly aware how beautifully connected the soul and the soma always really is. And it's so elegant and so, it's a fascinating and it's, it's, it's our birthright as human beings to have our soul be so present, which is one of the reasons that I, I think I like you so much. I love you so much, Jane, because you are, <laughs> you leave so much space for magic and for mystery and miracles, the three M's, magic, mystery, and miracles. Mm. is also in your language and in your wheelhouse, which is super precious and super rare. Um, so I got to see and experience and feel that no matter how broken my body was, no matter how broken my life was, it was very clear to me that this mystical part of myself was not only not going to give up on me, but it was going to drive the car. It was going to drive the car. Mm -hmm. And it did. So many people, so many teachers, you know, there's so many conversations about the brain and the heart and the breath and all these things. But I actually felt, I had a felt sense experience of my neurological system rearranging its map in such a beautiful way in such a beautiful it's, it's, way isn't it a miracle when you think like when you think about all the sensory loss you had all the having to like reorganize and reorient yourself to a new different brain yeah um the like the miracle of our capacity to survive is absolutely mind-blowing like I think about everything that you lost um but then the aliveness that you access and where does that come from right people want to think well it's a did this and we try to like break it down into systems in our bodies and our brains and it's like well what actually is the driving force behind our capacity to survive overcome come back to fully loving and living and connecting with people it has to be more than our wiring and our our biology that's what you're talking about no yeah yeah i am and i think a lot of what i try to express in the book and a lot of what i work with and a lot of what i do is i think 
I think restoring the mystery, restoring our faith in the mystery, because what I've realized in all of this is that before the accident, I didn't have a lot of faith in my soul. And I felt like I needed to do a lot, right? I, I needed to go after it. I needed to retrieve it. I need to understand it. I need to conceptualize it. I need to make sure that I'm doing the right things in my life. And what, I've real, what I realized in that experience and what I hold on to and what brings this live, aliveness to my life and to my work is, and thank God, you know, or, or whatever you want to say, thank the universe. Um, this soulful presence is always there. And I call it my battery pack. I just, I, I believe that it's there, but, but so many of us don't. So many of us don't. So many of us think that we did something wrong to lose it or that we, or that someone took it away or that, um, I mean, trauma these, took it away, or trauma took it away, or trauma took it away. Trauma took our it away. Per perpetrators took it away. Yeah, our perpetrator. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's why a huge part of my work and a huge part of my life will always be sort of basic in a way. Just like they can take, they can take everything. They can take your house. They can take your limbs. You, they can take your body. They can take your organs. Someone can take your memory. <laughs> Someone can take your bank accounts, but no one can take the part of you that is divine, the part of you that is forever linked to the part of you that is untouchable. And and that's where I anchor. That's where I anchored when I was going through all of that. It's where I anchor now. It's, it's what I had to do because my body was so confused. My physiological body was so confused, losing smell and taste. And I didn't find out for a couple of years that I'd actually lost the upper half of my vision field. So the upper half of my eyes, do not, I, I can see through the lower half of my vision field. And even what I can see, I'm motion blind. So I have trouble, I can't swim anymore. I used to love swimming so much. I can't swim anymore because my eyes can't understand the moving water. And my scent, I can't smell the water. And so my body doesn't understand how to be in water and and that's been a great a great great terrible grief that i i don't think i'll ever not feel but um what happened i think with me is that and what i still do is i kept connecting over and over and over again with the part of the non-physical part of me even as I was watching the physical part of me rearranging itself. And so I, I got this, in, I've, I've had this incredible front row seat to my body reconfiguring itself to understand, to, to be in the world again. And I've 
had a front row seat to my soul, my spirit, my essence, whatever that is, my primordial consciousness, saying, I won't leave you until this work is done. Mm. And it's just been so extraordinary. And so when I work with clients or I work with survivors or I work with anyone, I, I say, I have so much confidence in you. I have so much confidence in you. I think people just need the door. Like I, I, if I can like you just help people find that door to the mystery, to the magic, to the numinous, but it's like, where's your door? Where's that door into the thing that's always there that never, that never leaves you. That will always be with you. How can we find, and that's what you do. You help people find their way into that unchangeable, steady companion that um, will always be there as our bodies degenerate, as we go through physical traumas, emotional traumas. It's steady. It's there. I mean, I felt that come back to me on a horse Mm. when I got back to riding five years ago. It was just, and I, I, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know it would do that. I just had a feeling. And, um, and I know that you do that for people because you, you know what it feels like and you can see the fact that you reflect back those things that you see in me. You said magic, mystery, and mysticism. Did you say that? Magic, mystery, and miracles. Miracles. Well, I don't think anybody's ever said that, those three words about me all at once. So I think you have a capacity to see things about people that they might not already see themselves. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I've been, I've, I've been called prescient by people who don't even believe in things like prescient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is very funny. Um, I think that's the other thing that is so interesting is that, you know, what, what we forget what we perhaps might be able to remember more often, what we might be interested in recalling is there's always, you know, I I like to use the word mutate. I think we mutate. I think there is so much spontaneous healing that happens that perhaps we're just maybe not noticing. And I tend to notice that a lot more. I'm attuned to the spontaneous moment of change that can happen in the fabric of a life or the fabric of um, a relationship. And um, I think, and the reason I say emergent neuroscience, which is what I think you do, I think it's not neuroscience. I think it's emergent neuroscience. I think that there are some of us who understand that the nervous system is so highly intelligent the neurology is so highly intelligent our bodies and our souls are so highly intelligent that there can be a microscopic spontaneous shift in Mm -hmm. the fabric in any moment right um but your question was yeah do you know do i see i very much see I'm, i'm very much a seer i've i've become more of a seer since that event and i don't think that's special to be honest i think that whenever i think it's natural you know my body 
lost a lot of of data you know we we have all now that we're communicating with each other in these little zoom ways that's how my life became and so in the beginning and this came to me as i was thinking about our conversation yesterday this came to me when when the accident first happened because i couldn't smell or taste and i didn't know yet that i had so much vision loss i had mm-hmm. no idea I would physically reach towards people. My hands wanted to touch people's faces to try to understand them and feel who they were. And I would lean in and I would just, I was like the ultimate space invader. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just like trying to get that like spatial awareness again and find. Right. Trying to touch, like thinking if I can touch your face, if I can touch, you know, or if I would lean in and I would hear, right. Mm. And then as the doorways shut down, other doorways open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For all of us, for every single human being. And I think that's what you're good at too. You know, I think, I think you're a fellow portal jumper. Yes, you see me. Oh my God, worthy. So I want to have you on the on the podcast again if you're open to it. And um, totally. And I want to I want to ask you. I always ask people if you are listening to anything right now. What do you find yourself listening to? Uh, the sound of the river. Because that's how so much of my life happens in me now is through sound and through hearing the wind. I'm listening to the the things that I used to know through my smell and through my um my being in it. I just, I listen. I listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worthy, you special human. How giant is that heart of yours? Oh, God. Oh, it's so big it hurts, I think, sometimes, isn't it? Well, I love it that you just, that's so incredible that you just said that. That's so amazing because I said to Leo, you know, my book just came out yesterday. Yesterday was the official day that it came out. Yay! Yay! And I have it, I have it beside me. And I turned to him and I said, this kind of joy hurts. Oh. It's so big <laughs> I get that oh my god do I get that it it's so big it's like it's so big you can't even like hold it in yourself no, I felt like I felt I mean you know so but my again my my beloved partner in this life he's so amazing you know he's he got he got all ready for like the big day and he was like you know what do you want to do and I said I want to hide under the covers <laughs> <laughs> And he said, okay, well, I'll go have my coffee, you know, and he sort of putzed around and, and it took me a while because I was in my own little world. 
and I came out and I just said to him, I said, I feel like my body is breaking. Uh, joy. Yeah. And it's I like, thought, it's cracking. It's like, it's cracking. It's like a new size spacesuit growing into a new spot size spacesuit. Totally. Totally. It's like, I felt like somebody threw a chainsaw through my ribs and, and it was just like, can oh. you hold more? And I was just like, oh my God, I think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I get that. I have those, I have those moments too. Yeah. The last one, but I'm going to make special note of it next time. Yeah, so on that note, of it I was really conscious of it I I wanted to say though I really love those questions I I love all of these questions but um I have such powerful experiences with your Instagram page it's so funny (laughs) like this little uh you're not little but um what was that Batman beaming light you remember that? What is that? No, God, no. I don't even remember. People be like, remember when you said, I'm like, no. No, no, no. The Batman, no, in the movie Batman, didn't Batman oh. have light beam like out of the universe with like the Batman symbol? Oh, okay. Maybe. Okay. I could, so- get, I could be getting this wrong because honestly, the one thing that I haven't gotten right since the accident is movies. I'm constantly screwing it all up. So I could be making it up. And if you're listening to this, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Oh, stop. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's like this beam of light coming out of Toronto that is Jan, that is Jane Clapp, you know? I'm like, and I say this, you know, I'm like, well, you know, there's this lady in Toronto, and she is next level. Um, the way that you say things, I mean, I just, I really want to get this in here, you know, your, your understanding of your wide-angle view of a lot of things that people want to make so linear Ugh. Ugh. is so phenomenal and so brilliant and really, really fantastic in so many ways. Because I think a lot of what rewounds us is this effort to try to fit a non-linear healing journey into a linear definition of it and your ability to circle that and pierce through that and illuminate these other spaces is really beautiful it's really really exquisite that makes means a lot um to me i'm gonna try to let that in yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can um, you can receive that later. It might take a little bit of time, but truly I was like, well, I can stop talking because Jane Clapp is locking it down. So I'm just gonna start uh, stop. <laughs> so I'm gonna have a link to your book in the show notes. Okay. And uh where can people find you? I'll have that there too, but just to make it fast for people so they can go on their phones right now, go yeah, you can find me. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Worthy Stokes. You can go to my website, worthystokes.com. You can find me on Insight Timer, where my heart mind meditations are always free. And if you, but, but really, you can read my book. I mean, you know, I've, I've said this like, my book has everything, it's all right there. 
It's all right there. Yep. At your fingertips on the daily. Like, yeah. It's, it's like what, $15 or $16 or I don't know. Yep. <laughs> but yep. I just poured everything into that little thing. Cause I thought, what if, what if someone is stranded in a difficult situation and can't move? Mm-hmm. And it's also, there's a, a Kindle version available too. So we've got the paper version and right. Right. right? right. Yeah. All of that. Stuff. I wish I wish you would narrate it one day and do an audio book because I would like to hear your voice. You know, I think that's an amazing idea. I think the publisher is in conversations about that and we're, and we're sorting it out. Um, and at some point, I hope this year I'll be able to do some stuff around my voice. But anyway, thank you. Oh, awesome. Yeah, uh, audio book. So yeah, links, website. Um, and if you really want to work one-on-one with someone call Jane Clapp because she's up. Ah. <laughs> Thank you, Worthy. You're the best. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Take care. Be safe. You're the best. Yeah. The three M's, Lady Jane, mystery, <laughs> magic, miracles. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to work to own that. <laughs> Do it. Let your heart break with joy. Oh. Please do. If you feel inspired to support my podcast, visit my Patreon page. The link is in the show notes or search me under Patreon Jane Clap or Clap with Jane. 30% of your proceeds will be going to MSF, Doctors Without Borders.